Number 13. Standing with your feet apart and your hands on your waist. Bend forward and back. Samba 13, it's the Review a New Podcast. I'm DJ. I'm Evan. And this is the podcast where we typically look back at uh, our favorite filmmakers' uh, movies and, you know, reassess them through a modern lens. But today, we are taking a look at a very special request by Evan, uh, our very podcast host, uh, for a special request for Black Orpheus. Yes. Uh, this was actually, like, I, I have to give her credit, this is my wife's request it's one of her favorite movies and i hadn't seen it before and so it was very cool to finally sit down and watch it uh orfeo negro in portuguese is there a reason why she requested this and she just really this is like her favorite movie and i was like (laughs) hey i got i got some requests like i could do a request do you want to do what's your favorite movie and that's her favorite movie or one of them so it's such an interesting just looking it really is yeah. yeah i think she when we first got together she showed me like a clip of it so I had seen like a piece of it, but I'd never seen the whole movie before. So that mm. was cool. And and I played uh, the song that I played at the beginning uh, that I'm going to be asking my editor to play is a uh, Samba at 13 uh, by Gorillaz, which is this uh, bonus track. That's a uh, what is the country against Brazil, right? Yeah, it's yeah, in Brazil, yeah, yeah. It was a bonus track on the D sides album. Um, where Gorillaz does it. You know how Gorillaz is basically just kind of like, you know, Damon Omar doing like every genre. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I kind of love about it, you know. And uh, on one of the bonus albums, like on a bonus track, Mm -hmm. like that I had never heard for the longest time. And then I just checked it out. I was like, oh, snap. It's like, yo, he's doing like Brazilian music. Hey, hell yeah, you know. So I wanted to like throw that in there just as a, you know, fun little thing. Let's get into the film proper. So, Black Orpheus, 1959. So, the movie is based on a play, uh, Orfeo uh, da Consecao. I hope I'm saying that right. I don't speak Portuguese. Orfeo da Consecao. I think that's how you say it. Uh, It's based on that play, which is an adaptation of the Greek legend of Orpheus and Eurydice Mm -hmm. um, that is set in a favela in Rio de Janeiro during Carnival. And... um, It's interesting because it's one of these things that is based on an older story, but the in the universe of this movie the story the original legend exists and is referenced there are people so saying oh, yeah there are people saying oh your name is orfeo and so you must love eurydice and in fact like the girl the love interest is named eurydice and orfeo's fiance is you know doesn't understand that somebody's talking yeah. about the greek myth and is like who's eurydice where's eurydice right, you know very, like the jealous lover the very fast talking jealous lover yeah know? so um Essentially, the plot is this guy, Orfeo, uh, he's a musician, he's going to be playing and dancing and singing in Carnival, and he's engaged to this girl, Mira, 
who is, you know, I mean, she's kind of awful, but he's kind of awful to her. Right, just, yeah, I was so watching the movie, I'm just like, I mean... They don't seem to like each other very yeah. much. Like, she's like, well, you need to buy me a ring. He's like, go get your own ring. Right, <laughs> just not yeah. very nice to each other. Um, this uh, very, you know, sweet, pretty country girl shows up in town, Eurydice, uh, and she goes to stay with her cousin, Serafina, and Orfeo... Uh, meets her and immediately falls in love with her and yeah I, like I had on my second rewatch I had to go back and be like wait yeah that really it's not like they knew each other for oh really no it's, time. it's, it's a very like, oh yeah you did that song before I think she like vaguely knew him from a song that he had done before yeah it's a very like Romeo and Juliet love at first sight kind of thing so yeah. so Orfeo and Eurydice just instantly falls in love and he cheats on his fiance with her and Eurydice she's come from the country to stay with her cousin and she says that she sees a man dressed as death who's been stalking her and she just knows yeah. he wants to kill her and then uh, she arrives, I think, the day before Carnival, and during Carnival, she starts seeing death again, and he's chasing her around. Um, and eventually, uh, spoiler, spoiler for you know a, a several thousand year old story, um, yeah. she does she does die, and Orfeo tries to get her back, uh, and fails to get her back from death, and then is eventually killed by a bunch of ravening mad women, and that's basically the plot of the the Greek myth as well. Um, I think the way that it is handled in a sort of essentially realistic way, um, y the movie doesn't really have any explicitly supernatural elements, but it almost has like a magical realism feel to it because everything yeah, is so especially weird, at especially that late point in the with, uh, yeah with Carnival. And I think the way the sort of quasi semi supernatural elements are handled is mm -hmm. amazing. But yeah. we'll we'll get to that. But yeah, the overall plot is pretty simple, and the mm -hmm. way that that pretty short plot fills up a whole movie is that there are long sequences of just watching people oh, dance, man. watching people dance, watching people walk around Rio de Janeiro, yeah. watching people shop, it's watching people talk. It's such a colorful, full movie. Like, there's one scene early on where Orpheus, like, steps off from his job and he pulls out, like, a handkerchief because he's been sweating. He has to, like, shake off all of the, like, spackles and stuff like that. That's like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, yeah, he, he works as, like, a train conductor or something, I think, is his, is yeah, his survival yeah. job. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the the older train conductor is named Hermes. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, nice, nice <laughs> the, little, the little references they do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's so colorful. It's so vibrant. Like, there's just music all throughout it. There's the, the way the people dance is so, like, incredible. Like, the little kids, you see them, like... Jumping around, yeah. And stuff oh like yeah, that. the, the little kids, the legs, like there's, the way they do the little kick dances, like yeah. Oh there's goodness, the two quick steps, man. There's two little kids named um, Benedito and Zeka, and they're adorable, and they're kind of like they almost function as like the Greek chorus. They're sort of the or sure. and and also um, I wanted to mention there are animals. There's a lot. The animals aren't right. really characters, but there are a lot of animals around which. You know, draws on the Greek myth because Orpheus, of course, in the myth is very like, you know, animals love him and are always gathering around him. Mm. And a lot of the movie is set in and around uh, Serafina's house and Orpheus is friends with Serafina, uh, Eurydice's cousin. And she's got like chickens and a puppy and a kitten and just all these animals just always around. So that's that's fun too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and there's Chico. I gotta mention Chico. These the Serafina's boyfriend, who I don't 
think he has like a particular equivalent in the Greek myth. He's just this sailor and he's just fun. <laughs> oh, and I also wanted to just mention that little that hoot hoot sound that like sounds like a straw being like pulled through, you know, like the sort of a mm. Burger King cup container sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I kept noticing that sound and it's just like, I want to see what that instrument yeah. is. Like, what is that thing? <laughs> um, well, that's just something that I just couldn't get out of my head. Like whatever would happen, I'd just be like, what the... Where is that? Yeah, yeah. The sound, the soundscape is just amazing because it's this mix of like just natural, like because a lot of it's outdoors. There's a lot of natural sounds. There's a lot of beautiful animal sounds and a lot of urban sounds because you know it is set in the city. There's a lot of like urban sounds, traffic, nature sounds, and then just people talking and singing and dancing and all that. And then the music, you know, the music is like diegetic and non-diegetic yeah. all kind of blending together there's one part where literally you hear like a a bus beeping and it like beeps in time to the music and i'm yeah. like oh my goodness yeah, like yeah. this is almost a looney it's like one step away from like a looney tunes cartoon you know when they would do like the we're going to south america and they were like it's one of those things where it's like you know america has to do those like like you know goodwill sort of cartoons you know mm-hmm. to really show the city but like they do like a fun little it really makes you, know you want to go like, to rio <laughs> oh man i'm telling you like i just oh god <laughs> it really really makes you want to go to rio yeah and just seeing like so many like just the different uh, uh shades of people you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying it's just so like beautiful in color and as well as like yeah people. it's and just like it's oh, got a, it's so like incredible. a beautiful diverse cast with all kinds of different brazilians and the costumes too mm-hmm. because yeah the scene where they're well, wearing all of the victorian era garb but it's like their little twist on it and yeah seeing, like, they, especially with um mina uh wearing the like really really tight dress the body yeah yeah with, she's with the, and she's got the rose in her bodice yeah. i saw my thing is i'm just like dude Gorgeous, what's wrong I, with you man? i saw so yeah mira is very hot <laughs> um i saw this just reminded me like i was at the renaissance festival the other weekend and i saw women walk around with like roses stuck in their bodices like that and this one lady I, so I have really bad eyesight, and this one lady I saw from a distance with a big white rose in her bodice, and I thought she had like a tiny baby tucked into her bodice uh-huh. at first. And then I saw this other lady with a really small white rose, and at first I thought she had a crushed stick of butter. Yeah. <laughs> Mira has a red rose, and it does not look like a baby or a butter stick. <laughs> How long um, is our Ren Fair going anyway? I think it goes up until like Halloween. Because yeah, I definitely gotta check that. Yeah, stuff out yeah. While yeah. it's still warm out, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's good weather for it now. So yeah, and, yeah. There's just the carnival scene, like with the parade and all the different samba schools going, um, is uh, is really really cool. And yeah. and yeah, there are just so many shots that aren't like you know, explicitly moving the plot forward and it's just letting you sort of immerse in the atmosphere of carnival. And the day before, and I personally like, I love being, my favorite thing is like being in a city where there's like a big parade or festival going on, but Mm -hmm. being like a few blocks away from it Mm -hmm. or being like the day before, the day after, like where you're just a little bit removed. Okay, can I say like, that's actually the way I like living. I feel like my mom like raised me like that where it's like, we live like in a space where it's like not quite downtown, but not quite like all the way in the sticks in the boonies. You yeah. know, it's just like you can get to the action, but you're not of it. You know, what right? I'm it's like, like you get a little. You're like a little bit of respite. It's like 
a little bit of respite, a little bit, you know, you're not stuck in the middle, but you can get there, you can see it. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. we can, like, basically, if you step outside from my house, you can see fireworks being shot off in D.C. Uh, on the 4th of July, yeah, yeah. but you're not, like, there. Um, mm. It's a good place to be. So, yeah, like, I love that. I love, like, the day before Carnival and, like, that sort of everybody's getting ready and it's not quite happening yet, but everybody's getting ready. Everybody's yeah. making and, and, the and costumes. at the beginning, it's about a... You know, Orpheus, like, playing his guitar that, like, brings up the sun. Yeah, and he, yeah, Orpheus, uh, Orfeo plays the guitar, and he plays all these beautiful songs. He's always singing through the movie, and these little kids are like, Orfeo, you make the sun come up with your guitar, don't you? And it's so cute. And, uh, yeah, and also, I gotta say, I love Serafina, the cousin. She's, mm-hmm. like, you're ready to see his, like, goofy cousin, well, but she's really fun. What is fun. the reason why they do the, the switcheroo? It's like, you're pretending to be me. I couldn't figure out what that was all about. So, like, basically, Orfeo comes to Serafina's house to hit on Eurydice, but Mira's coming, and Serafina's kind of friends with Mira, but also, like, she doesn't want her cousin to get, you know, her eyes scratched out, and yeah, so she, so she's, like, kind of playing a game to try and keep Mira from figuring out that Orfeo's messing around with Eurydice. Mm. Why would anyone be a party to, you know what I mean? It's just like, you guys pick out your own shit, like. I don't know, I guess like, you know, you don't want your cousin to get murdered in a cafe. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, and oh my God, like the actress playing Eurydice, um, Marpessa Dawn, who apparently was from Pittsburgh, she was not Brazilian, um, so beautiful. Like she looks like an old like Looney Tunes cartoon of a beautiful woman. Right, no, Like they're like, when they do like the pinup, just gorgeous. Like all the women in this are so beautiful. Yeah. It's like Carmen, it reminded me of Carmen Jones, but like yeah. with this different bent of, you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. my brain is just like, but these aren't American, like black people, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no. My brain is like, wait, but no, like, yeah. Yeah, the whole the whole cast is very beautiful. But yeah, it's like, you're looking at Amira and be like, come on, man. But then you see your and you're like, okay, uh, okay, right. now. <laughs> uh, oh my God. But it's also a similar plot, too, in that like, you know, um, I mean, if you watch, uh, you know, Carmen Jones, it's yeah, just like. Yeah, I haven't seen Carmen. Jones Both of these women are beautiful. Like, like, think about like the woman that he, you talk just like my mom. Like the woman in that scene is like she's gorgeous, and then like Carmen Jones is just like, look, I'm not saying you should cheat on her. Like, but I understand. But it's like, <laughs> but dude, look what you already got. Like, what's yeah. going on? Like, break even. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, break good. Like, yeah, what are you even talking yeah, about? Yeah. Like, you, oh my goodness, this is like nine and a half in one. The thing and and twelve in or, or or and and ten in the other or whatever. Just like why do this? Like I look, I understand Carmen is hot, but bro, yeah. <laughs> this is not worth uh, getting killed in a in a boxing match at the end or whatever the heck happens for for the another 60 year old movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. This is like man. Oh my god. <sighs> but yeah, and then also I just had a question about like okay, so the guy coming for her. He's not deaf exactly because he's not like just able to just because I was thinking like, oh, is it maybe like a jealous ex-lover or something like that or a stalker? Because it's like it's not like he's just able to just like kill, you know, because the guy is able to Orpheus is able to keep him back with a knife. Like death wouldn't be able to be kept back. with. Well, a knife. I, I think this is where like and this is where I, the I magical mean, realism. Right. Like, and yeah. like, here's the thing. Like, I have such a huge weakness for like. Any story that has something that seems like really weird and quasi supernatural, but it's still to the degree that there's a logical explanation and it's not like, 
it's not like overtly like this would have to be magic. Mm. And so I love that. Like the, it's like, okay, here's this guy. He's dressed as death. He's stalking this woman because he wants her to die. Mm. Why? Who knows? He's death. Or like, there's no explanation for why he's doing it. And and I like that. It's like, it's kind of mythic. It's not something mundane, like, oh, he's a jealous ex-lover or whatever. You know, it's, it is this sort of mythic. He's death. Who knows? Maybe he's a serial killer, (laughs) but like, you don't need that. And, and the actor who plays him is actually apparently an Olympic jumper. Oh, and that was the, I did like that little bit about it. So like, there's this little bit of, of course, doing a little bit of capoeira and stuff like that. Yeah. Or just like, oh, that's like, cool. Because that's what, I thought at first, like, oh, he's doing these magical moves and maybe he's just going to be able to move around anything anyway. But he's just but very then, athletic. But then he moves back when the knife comes out and I was like, well, what the heck, man? Yeah. <laughs> it is, it's kind of like. And, you know, I mean, his costume... No, I'm just thinking of, like, like, it's just a comical way. Just but it is it. kind of funny, because, like, his costume is like, okay, he's dressed as death, and when he's standing back in the shadows, he looks very scary. But then when you see him up close, it's like, you can see skin, like, you can see regular yeah, human yeah. skin. Yeah, yeah, and he takes neck. off the costume, and, and, like, he takes it off a time. I think he ne- he's never facing the camera when he does it, but there's see, time where he, like, will take it off. You like, you see skin, you see, like, the seams in the back, when you've got his back to you, you see, like, the seam along the back yeah, of his yeah. outfit. So it's like... It's it's, it's he's like, like a demigod. It's like he's not like a you yeah. know god. god. He's still like killable, I guess. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but yeah, I think I I really like I like that like weirdness and and I will say like the quote unquote underworld uh, portion of the uh, movie is yeah. just so well done. But we'll we'll get to that, I guess. I don't know. I yeah, mean. Yeah. You know, the plot, it's weird. We always skip around, but we're skipping around so much just because... It is such a light plot where it's, like, it's mostly supposed to be about, like, look at this beautiful city. Look at this beautiful, like... Yeah, you know, I mean, you're taking a myth and something that you can tell in a few sentences... Yeah, and, and, and applying it to this beautiful place that doesn't really get shown that often, yeah, right? Yeah, because it's really like film, a painting. You know? It's yeah, really... Yeah. This movie is really like a painting with music. It's so beautiful, and it's so much about the imagery... Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah. he he's in the middle of uh, needing to do this, like head this festival as the musician, like headliner or something like that, where he like holds the sun up and tells people to do the switches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's leading. The, there's like his dance group, his his school that he's um, that he's representing. He's kind of the leader of that. So uh, his samba school, yeah. So he and Serafina. And Mira are are uh, representing this one particular school, and there's a lot of different schools in the parade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I was having the part where it's like, good God, even the sirens uh, sound in time to the music. Where where there's a part where like a. Uh, you see Death jumping onto the emergency vehicle and just like traveling with it, and you're like, woo, woo. yeah, like, yeah. You know I mean? So Mira spots uh, uh, Eurydice, rips off the veil, and she's, like, you know, really angry at her. Eurydice runs for her life. She sees uh, death, and then, you know, of course, under attack from her, she uh, runs for her life. Then she ends up in this weird, like... It's a, it's the train yard. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And this becomes... This so like, lit red. Because Orfeo is, like, a train conductor... And or oh, a trolley, okay. he's a trolley conductor, mm. and so Eurydice ends up. She runs. She's running from Mira. She's running from Death, and Death is like chasing her all around. And it's really, it's this part I remembered stuck out specifically to me, where Death is chasing her on the train yard, because 
there's like no background music at least not yeah after everything that's happened like you really notice it's, it where it's you, just like oh it's just the sound of her steps running right because like, yeah. you go from like this really you know noisy musical carnival setting the parade to just this guy quietly chasing her around a train yard and it's like I was thinking if this was a movie like you know one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies <laughs> you'd have like these stingers and our, you know if it was, if it was <laughs> you know, like no 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 you know, yeah, like yeah, some yeah. kind of like like angry violins, you know, while he's chasing her. But there's nothing. It's just quiet, her running away and him chasing her. And that it makes really it uses so much scarier. Yeah. It makes it so much scarier yeah. with this sort of weird mundanity mixed with it's like a such an insane situation. And she ends up um, running up on top of a trolley and hanging onto the power line. Ah, yeah. It's and so Orfeo, unfortunate. And Orfeo comes in and he doesn't see where she is. And, you know, he works there, so he's like, oh, it's dark, let me turn the power on, and electrocutes her. Uh, so it's so this it very... It his, you know, fault in a right, way. Right, it's like, this very, like, tragic, like, classically tragic moment that he's the one who kills her, and you just see her go pop and, like, you know, fall oh, off man. the top of the trolley, clearly dead. Uh, death comes and says, she's mine now, and now knocks her fail out. Yeah. And so, at that point, Eurydice dies, and... That is the point at which, like, we enter the underworld. So yeah, to speak. and it's later on at night, you know. Yeah, and it's kind of died down. Right, and it's like, and it's a very clear. The movie makes this very clear tonal shift where we've gone from the big loud party atmosphere to like people sweeping up to like very quiet and empty, and it's and it's so interesting because it's like. It doesn't overplay the, this is supposed to be the underworld. It doesn't overplay it. Mm. And it's still all technically realism, which I think makes it so much more powerful. But yeah. just knowing what's happened, you know, so he goes to the hospital first and everybody's like, no, you can't be here. You need to leave. And, and you know, he's trying to find her and somebody because he's been told Hermie is the older conductor, says she's dead, but he's just in denial and he's going around looking for her. Um and he goes to the office of missing persons and there's just this old janitor who tells him, well, there's where all the paperwork is. And it's this, it, this is, it gets so surreal and it's this room just filled with stacks and stacks and stacks of paper. Yeah. And Orfeo goes in there and it's like, you're looking at a room. Like these would be knocked over by like a, you know, sharp breath. You yeah. Know, like. and, and it's so, it's spooky because it's like, you're looking at this, on the one hand, it's this mundane sight of a bunch of papers stacked up in a bureaucratic office building. But on the other hand, it's like those papers, it looks like ghosts. Like it looks yeah. like you're standing at the entrance of, of the underworld. And he goes in there looking at these stacks of paper. And it's just so amazing how spooky the stacks of paper are. Yeah. Um, and the old janitor tells him basically like, no, you're not going to find her here. Yeah, yeah. He tells him to come with him to a Macumba ritual. Right. So he goes down this like staircase. He's descending really into the underworld proper. And the... Yeah. Um, the ritual is yeah, there's a dog named Cerberus at the gate. Oh before. yeah, there's a dog named Cerberus. Like I love how just the writer was just absolutely unabashed to just <laughs> straight up name all these characters, all the the names from the myth directly. <laughs> Didn't feel the need to be too clever with it. And, like, and, and, and part of the when they play off of it is like I said earlier in the movie where the guy who's like marrying them. Oh yeah, uh, this guy of, in the wedding license office. He has a really strange voice, you know. Yeah, and he's like, oh, you're Orpheus. 
yes, and you must love Eurydice. And Mira's like, who's Eurydice? Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, what's this old story that he's talking yeah. about? You know, like, yeah. And, and again, with the ritual, it's so cool because it just really, like, the camera just really takes time watching this ritual play out without like feeling the need to like hurry up and move the plot along. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's like, okay, there's no, I mean, granted, this dude smoking this big ass cigar. Yeah. Yeah. And now this movie was made in 1959. So obviously there was no CGI, but they did have like practical effects back then. Yeah, yeah. And I really appreciated that they didn't use effects that there wasn't, um, you know, that they didn't try to like make a ghost appear. Yeah, the yeah. only sort of, you know, the only sort of effect or like thing is that, you know, people are, they're doing this ritual and this old woman sort of becomes possessed by Eurydice and is speaking in Eurydice's voice. Yeah. But it's still to the degree, it's like, you know, people's voices can change. People can do a different or, voice. And I was thinking maybe it's like he was getting high from the stuff. Yeah, that even maybe that's air, like you know, a subjective like, thing and he's yeah, hearing yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, Because he, he closes his eyes. Yeah, the janitor tells him to sing and like maybe he's caught up in his emotions and he's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah. and so Orpheus has his back to the old woman and she is you know speaking in Eurydice's voice and she's saying you know don't turn around don't look at me or you'll lose me right forever. yeah and it's I love I also really really love when you've got something that's a retelling of an older story but it finds a reason for things to happen the way uh -huh. they happen yeah I like, like that because it shows people actively thinking about like readapting right stuff. and I'm actually um, I want to say I'm thinking about Dom Noble did a Lost in Adaptation video about, um, it wasn't Ella Enchanted, it was another, it was another story based on Cinderella, and he was saying how, like, this particular book, like, you didn't realize that it was based on Cinderella until midway through, but because the whole plot up until it justified, like, why are the stepsisters acting like this? Why mm. does this girl want to, you know, marry this guy? Like, mm. why is this happening? Right? And it's like, what I appreciate with this moment is why can he not turn around and look at Eurydice? Well, in the myth, it's because, like, you know, Hades says, don't do it. And, you know, just because Hades is being a dick. But yeah, um, like, but if you can, like, move all the way up uh, without turning around, you'll, right. you'll see her or something like that. And starting in, with the, the possibility. Right. And in her. this, the reason he can't turn around is that if he turns around, he's going to see an old lady and the illusion's going to be broken. Yeah. Um, and I loved it having that, that, that different reason and that different justification. And I was thinking, like, maybe it's like, is there supposed to be some sort of thing where, like, maybe she's starting to come back through her? you know what I mean and like and it could have taken if he had like continued to like stay where he was you know what I'm saying like oh but it got ruined because he messed it up by turning around and yeah and I, and I you know, know like it ruined the it cuts into the possibility so like you know what I mean it's one of those like this could have happened in the multiverse whatever where he decided to but because he messed it up you know yeah and I, I don't know because it's like because you do of, hear she, the voice in the she does I mean the movie, if the implication know? is like he comes back and this like 70 year old woman is uh, he gonna then like you know get go off with the 70 year old woman yeah but the question but, but it's interesting because like because i was just thinking because i was just trying to pay attention to what her dialogue was and i was thinking oh is it just like another like passive dialogue somebody could have possibly said that was like getting the holy ghost or whatever mm -hmm. but no it was specifically like it was her saying like don't look back don't turn around or something like that and so it's him specifically ignoring that and so i'm thinking like 
that dialogue has to matter in some respect. You know what I mean? Like, there's something, it, like, it feels like there's something it, it, allowing for that magical realism in a way where it's just like, this could be calling to something, but because you messed it up, like, it messes up the spell, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, she says, Orpheus, you're killing me. You, like, you, like, she specifically says, like, don't turn around, you're killing me. And so it's just like, oh, dude, I think you messed it up because you got hyper-emotional. But, like, as the movie has shown earlier, like, he's not this perfect, great protagonist, right, yeah. anyway. So, like, he is known to be this type of guy, so he's like, you know, like, does he deserve this woman in the first place? Like, I mean, honestly, let's go back to it. I like, mean, Carmen <laughs> Jones, like, does this man deserve either one of these women if he's willing to jeopardize these relationships like this? is like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the moment, the big, you know, famous tragic moment happens where he turns and looks and you're Eurydice's spirit leaves the old woman mm. and then he goes to the morgue and gets her body and the morgue is so interesting yeah and that's the thing like that's what I also thought about too is like oh he's able to, f- to find her body after this event like she's missing for a while because he doesn't see her dead body he after does, he wakes up right you know he doesn't what I mean? see her dead he's told she's dead but he kind of is in denial about yeah, it yeah. and then once he speaks to the spirit then he accepts that she's dead and he goes and gets her body and the morgue is so interesting because it looks like he goes in and all these bodies of these young people who died during carnival apparently yeah. um, are laid out on these like slabs and they're sort of like at an angle they're like at a slope and so it doesn't look like a typical morgue you think of where the bodies are just like on gurneys laid flat out yeah, they're almost they like, like they're sense. almost propped up on these like beautiful dioceses and yeah what's funny is that the mortician like he opens the door and then he like sneezes he's like <laughs> uh, these are the people I was oh, like yeah. god damn it man well cause it's like cause it's cold in there I think yeah yeah I know but it's just the sort of like the uncleanliness yeah. <laughs> but um you know he goes and and gets Eurydice and then carries her um, and he gets back to his house and Mira has gone completely nuts <laughs> and set his house on fire oh and all these other women and so these are like the main ads right they, they kill Orpheus in the myth the um, Dionysus yeah. crazy followers so Mira throws a rock at his head and knocks him off a cliff yeah. and falls off the cliff and dies what I just think that's interesting about the scene is that it just so like looks like a coincidence like when she throws the rock it looks like she's just doing it in a fit of anger yeah. like it's just like she's not trying yeah, to yeah she like... doesn't She it's just out of control like she's not even trying to murder him she <laughs> yes she's just so mad and like and you know he's just like looking at her because he's just like sad because it's like he's lost it all and now he's just looking at her and so he just happens to look up and it just catches him at the wrong moment and he happens to be like standing back like from the point of yeah. like seeing what was happening so he's not even like thinking about you know what's happening behind him yeah. and then like yeah the rock hits him and it's like oh it becomes too late and then he dies with her in his arms like right in that perfect the, old yeah, style fall, looking he pose he falls into with like a big, big shrub yeah um, <laughs> you know and then the kids like it looks so old style classical and it's like she looks so angry because it comes back there and she's like yeah and it kind of looks like that. There's that like sort of mini jealousy of like she died with him. Like she gets to die with you know. It looks like the mini thing. I'm like ah, ah, like the irrational anger. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. <laughs> and um, and then the kids take his guitar and they. I mean, of course, it him dying, but I was also just like noticing like just the way it looks. Oh yeah, it's it's like pose, a very you know? it is a very like beautiful moment. Yeah, like, like sadly beautiful. But the kids take his guitar and there's a moment earlier in the film where they're talking about his guitar and saying, "Can I hold your guitar?" and all that and he says well this is my guitar I'm Orpheus and there was an Orpheus before me or I'm there was an Orfeo before me and there will be another Orfeo after me 
the kids take his guitar and one of them is the new Orfeo and the other one's like, you gotta play, you gotta bring the sun up, you gotta bring the sun up, hurry, hurry, hurry. And he plays the guitar and of course the sun comes up and this little girl comes up and gives them a flower and then they all start dancing around. And so it's like, <laughs> it's this really weird moment where, you know, It's Orpheus, like a bittersweet moment. Yeah, yeah, Orpheus dies and then the sun uh, comes up and these kids are dancing around. And, and the kid's just like, just play something, you know, and, and it, he just kind of starts And it really like tonally, it's so cool because it brings you back up from the underworld. You know, we, we go from the hustle and bustle of Rio de Janeiro during the day to the like sort of wild crazy you know even more of a hustle and bustle and of all the music and all the partying of carnival at night down to the you know the gates of the underworld where it's all silent and yeah, creepy the religious like in the sort office. of uh, you, know, you know down into the deep things. underworld down into the morgue and then ascending mm. back up and he literally ascends he like is climbing up a hill mm. the motion of descent and then ascent in the movie is really cool and yeah, then going yeah. from day to night and then back into day is yeah. is very cool they really put it into the 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 narrative uh yeah. unfolding yeah it's really cool um so yeah, it's definitely worth checking out, even if you haven't watched it. Like it is a beautiful film, uh, just to like see, like just to take in for your own self. And it is available on YouTube for free. It's yeah, it's on YouTube. I think it's also. I think we watched it on HBO Max. Um, it it is. Oh, by the way, yeah, so, it is worth it because there's one or two songs that end up getting muted on the YouTube version. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. And by the way, it's so you know I've been saying Orfeo Negro is the Portuguese, but it's Black Orpheus is the English title. So. That's if you search for Black Orpheus, that's that's where you find it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to real quick just talk because we didn't talk at all about um, really Serafina and Chico because they're just so funny and mm-hmm. they're not directly <laughs> tied into the myth at all. But Serafina is uh, Eurydice's cousin who owns the house that Eurydice goes to stay in in the city, yeah. and she has her her sailor boyfriend, which is just a But Jackie, my wife was watching this. So my wife's in the Navy and she was looking and she pointed out like, he's a machinist's mate. Like he's basically an engineer. Like he wouldn't be, <laughs> he would have to be smart, but maybe he's one of those you people know, who's like, like stu- smart. Yeah, he, like areas. he can figure out, he's got mechanical smarts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Chico is just like, he's just wanting to lay around and eat fruit. Yeah, and, and he's not able to figure out what's going on. He's, he's just so like, what? Confi- I like, thought you were you. Why are you want me to pretend chaos and like at one point Serafina's like I need you to kiss my cousin he was like why would I kiss my why would I kiss your cousin I want to kiss you and she goes just adorable and Serafina's yeah. great and so they're they're very fun characters that I, I don't think they have any direct equivalent in the middle. Yeah but I love that you can still yeah. tell they like really you know enjoy each other and yeah. stuff like that like yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and I'm looking at the cast list here and I don't know who or Ernesto and Fausto are, but Marcel Camus, who is the director, who's a French director, and he's the one who directed the movie, plays a character named Ernesto, and I don't remember who that is. I was wondering if Ernesto was like the grocer, maybe, like the Portuguese grocer who's always trying to get kisses. Yeah. I just remember the older man. Or maybe there was a Portuguese grocer and there was the guy in the office who was talking about Orpheus and Eurydice. So maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we we don't know who he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, I also just randomly was thinking about, like, remember that scene where it just, like, 
cuts to ever, the different like you know grocers and stuff like that people selling their wares yeah, like, yeah. like like this big old flea market you know yeah and it's and there's just people doing different fun stuff like there's stuff hanging off of this but it's like one of those things like i would like to walk amongst them. i know See someone like, like with a fish going like hey, hey yeah i know you want to go there yeah and, and there was the one guy who's like bald but he had the mask on the back of his head doing the little yeah shimmy. there's so ah, much i mean around. this movie is light on plot it is so visual. Yeah. It is oh, so... and then like another guy jumps up. Like I remember that oh, moment. Yeah. Like Jesus like, Christ, this movie. There's a lot of like really great visuals. It's so visual. It's so musical that I think this is going to be a short episode. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. At the end of the day, because really all there is to say about it it's is really about the experience is you got to watch it. it out, like yeah. you got to just watch it. Um, you know, there's not. I, I think it's probably, you know, this was the first time I sat down and watched the entire movie, but I would imagine it would reward repeat viewings. Or oh, at most least, definitely. Yeah, you know, when I watched it the second time, it was just able to just enjoy Because you're going to catch, the, yeah, you're going to yeah. catch even more of the little details and stuff. So, so absolutely worth watching and just a really, really beautiful movie and really like, you know, sometimes like, to be honest, like sometimes older movies, sometimes movies from the 50s, like they can be kind of slow. They can be a little, you mm. know. But this one is slow in a way that's not boring. This one is slow in a way that's like... But I'll say to their credit, like, sometimes older movies have practical effects of things that are just fascinating to behold. To be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's really happening. Yeah. You know, in a way that, like, new movies, like, ah, oh, you know, Oh, that yeah, for really sure, happen, for sure. You know, like... For sure. And, yeah. like, and I think, again, what I really appreciate about death is and and with all of it with the with the ritual and everything is that nothing is like you know oh we're gonna like use smoke and mirrors and have a sheet with ghost hanging <laughs> from the ceiling yeah. you know it's it's all just uncanny human stuff mm-hmm. and i think that is yeah. so effective because it's like you can imagine it happening to you yeah 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 so it's like one of those things you're like yeah you want to go to this beautiful place but oh there's still danger and intrigue you know what right, i'm saying like right. so watch out yeah. <laughs> you know this ain't exactly here for your vacation and pleasure you know what i mean yeah. like <laughs> yeah there's like real people that live there yeah. you know i just i can't get over making a bureaucratic government office seem like Hades like in just <laughs> in a genuinely scared oh, like social commentary this movie made me afraid of stacks of paper right yeah <laughs> like, that's amazing <laughs> but yeah thank you so much for listening this has been the review a new podcast uh, if you want to check out more of what we do you can always head on over to patreon.com slash rap critic that's where we have more of uh, my reviews as well as uh, album reviews that we're going to be doing in the future of like new hip hop albums and stuff as well as Patreon uh Rap Critic episodes that you'll be getting early as well as joining the Rap Critic Discord where you can chat with me and fellow fans as we talk about movies and we watch this on the uh, uh, Rap Critic Discord as well as having game nights and uh, movie nights and like music nights and things of that nature and uh, oh of course on Kofi uh, if you want to do one time donations instead of the ongoing donations like on Patreon uh, you can uh, donate to that and send in these requests uh, be like, like Dr. Goatman yeah exactly don't, don't like let him hog them all don't let them Be like Doctor Goatman, make exactly. us watch things. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Don't let don't let them have all the fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, though. Uh, until next time, uh, I'm DJ. I'm Evan. And Rocket Bill Murray, the swagger of Murdoch is God's been. Now the demons don't get lost in heaven. Stop the dams. 
it's a, uh, Gorillaz references ah. because on the D side album, gotcha. yeah, yeah. it's a reference to the songs that I actually did listen to as opposed to that song because it was on a it was only available on like a Japanese version or something like that. Weird. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the song that they're never heard until like now, where I was just like, oh, here's this. You know when you have that thing? Now like, I have oh, to here's a couple of extra it. songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now I have to listen to it. All right, yeah, you can. All right. Uh, yeah.